Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. Dude, it's fucking Kickstarter for March. 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 March 2nd already. It's not just March. It's Dark Disney March. Dark Disney! You want to explain Dark Disney, Corey? Dark Disney. <laughs> I'm not talking about the period of time when Disney was hurting financially. <laughs> so that well, does come from kind this. of. <laughs> it does stem from this period of time. No, Dark Disney is a, what we, not just a we, I, just us. I know other people call it this too. Just, just a period that is a, a film type or, or shorts that are not the usual upbeat, overly colorful type of entertainment you're expecting from Walt Disney. We're not going to get into what we cover because everything is readily accessible except for the last one. Do we want to throw the last one out now that gives people time? Yeah, because uh, if they do want to see it, it, it does take a little finagling to get it. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? So, um, it's, you're not going to get this till the end of the month, but the fourth one in, in the four film series is Something Wicked This Way Comes. Now, from what I understand, we have the DVD that you and I are sharing, but I, from what I understand, there is one, possibly two versions that have ripped on YouTube. Now, there are better ways to see it. I think one of them has just the image flipped. So it's like a mirrored flip on it. Right. So you're watching it backwards or the negative version. But the, but the DVD is, the, the, the Disney DVD is readily accessible. I mean, you just, you might take you three or four weeks to get it, which is, it took about, um, it took about three weeks for me to get it. It's, it's not out of print. It's just, they just don't make a lot of them. It's, <laughs> I wish it was print to order because then you wouldn't be have a problem getting them. Something we can this weekend. We haven't watched it yet for the show, so we haven't covered it. We just want to throw that out there to give yourself some time to get to it because the other three movies are available on Disney Plus. So to us, that's all that matters and is the accessibility for you people. And the thing is, it's cool is, you know, take it for a month. Just get it for a month. What is it? How much is it a month? Eight bucks? Something like that. Right. And if you do one of those combos with Hulu and ESPN. It's 12 bucks. 12 95 for all three of them. Yeah. Easy peasy. I wanted to first, before we get to our picks, I wanted to talk about your previous pick. And and, and we talked about how I was kind of catching up for it with it because I was revisiting seasons one and two and to get to season three of Cobra Kai. Yeah, man. Good. It was, it was great watching it because I saw when it, I saw the first two seasons when it was still on YouTube Red or which is now known as YouTube Premium. So when it got around to Netflix picking it up and then financing the third season, I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, the second season's good, like we talked about in our previous Kickstart, but it's better the second time around in season three. No joke, man. The hype is real. It's fucking amazing. Right. I mean, and thankfully, I mean, you can tell when you're watching this too, and you, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, you can see the, the jump in quality. Oh yeah. Jumping from YouTube to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, they spend a little more money on yeah. visuals. And then, you know, to get to guest stars that they, yeah. you got to have that Netflix money, man. Yeah. You definitely, <laughs> I'm sorry, YouTube. <laughs> right. It's true. We talked briefly, no, we didn't talk about it, but it was on my mind when we were talking about season three was that season two takes a noticeable dip in production value. And that, and that, and I don't mean that it looks bad or anything like that. I'm just saying there's less locations on on the second season. Yeah. 
Exactly. They, 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 the scope of the show is not as big. Yeah. But that's what makes season three even grander. And a no joke, yes, I mean, the, the whole series already plays on nostalgia anyway, right? No, there's no, I'm not going to argue about that. And I don't think anybody that enjoys it or even people that don't like it will argue that. Some people don't like it because of the nostalgia factor. But the way season three works, again, I don't want to give anything away. They present the nostalgia. It's there because obviously it's based on, you know, a, a movie series that we're all fairly fond of for the good and the bad. But is season three of Cobra Kai like the best thing in the entire franchise? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it might be. I mean, yeah, we need one and two to make these first three seasons work. Sure. uh, As far as the feature films. And some of the little things that you get in season three that were flashbacks that we didn't get to previous seasons makes me super excited for season four. And just like everybody else, just like you, and just like everybody else that watched season three right away went, I need season four now. Yeah, man. Bring it on. I'm super excited by it. Again, working with the nostalgia is fine. And usually kind of, and you usually take that with a grain of salt and maybe a spoonful of sugar because sometimes it's a little rough. I mean, there might be one or two times throughout the whole season of season three where I kind of felt like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Whatever. I'm fine. Because as a whole, it's just fucking gold. And these kids, as much as the kids are kind of annoying in the second season, <laughs> right? The kids get down in the third season. Those kids are amazing physical performers, just so fucking good. And that's all I'm going to say about it. It's worth your time. The, like I said, the hype is real. If, But, you know, it does, It I should point out, because Melody had asked me about it, and like, you know, for Joey, and I'm like, I mean, it's an adult version of Karate Kid. It's like, it's it, it, it leans on things that he's just not going to connect to, which is like getting older and becoming that age where, you know, you're living in the, trying not to live in the past, you know? And they, that's the thing about the series is both Johnny and Daniel are living in the past. You know, Daniel's living off his notoriety and his success as for winning All Valley. And Johnny is living off the life of, I peaked in high school. Yep. I feel like the first Karate Kid, all the way through season two of Cobra Kai, was just built just so we could get to season three of the show. That's how I feel about it. It's so well crafted and the love that the writers and showrunners and producers put into it and the cast and the crew, dude. Yeah, totally. What they do in season three for this is what I like to see people do with more limited run series. But not, I mean, obviously this is a limited run because we're in season three. Obviously there's going to be a season four and probably beyond the way this is going. And I'm fine with that, man. Because even if season four is three quarters of what season three was, I'm in, dude. Yeah, right. I mean, dude, if it's half as good as this season, I'm in. This was like a total gift. I'm going to start it again here. Probably this week, you know, now that my work schedule is a little less crazy, uh, you know, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it again because it's that good. Yeah. And that shit is free. On yes. Netflix. By the way, the, one of my favorite lines, and I'm not going to get the, con- you won't get the context doesn't matter and I'm not ruining anything. It, there's a line from somebody that just doesn't, isn't sure about everything. And she says, I don't get the Valley's fascination with karate. <laughs> Right? It's the best line of the entire franchise as far as I'm concerned. It's kind of like, yeah, what the fuck? But who cares? Yeah. It's like, it's so fucking fun. But that line, out of context, it's funny. 
but within context, it's poignant. It makes, it's just that scene particular is so great. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I had never enjoyed a third season streaming show as much as I enjoyed this. And, and I, you know, again, I don't want to go into it because people should still, you know, in, in three months when I feel like everybody is possibly who is going to see it has seen it, then we can, you know, then we can wax on about the surprises and yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, it, it, it is thoroughly enjoyable every fucking minute of it. I didn't want it to be over. And I was hoping to God that, you know, they were just going to pull a Sabrina and drop like a segue episode <laughs> between three and four, right. like, you know, a couple of weeks after it had dropped, but it hasn't happened yet, but season four is on the way. So all is good. I'm so excited by this. All right. So there you go. That's free. Watch that stuff now. That's three seasons of that show. And they go quick. And by the way, do you notice the, 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 kept, the first two seasons, they have a model of they keep it under 30 minutes each up. Yep. This, they're just like, they take the Stranger Things model and kind of go, hey, sure. you know what? This episode, we need 35 minutes for it. This and one's they, 44 minutes. This one's 31 minutes. Whatever it yeah. takes to tell the story for that yeah. chapter of the, of the series. It's great. Yep. Absolutely. Our folks over at Kino. <sighs> I'm just going right at it, dude. I got so excited Go when I saw this yesterday. Fuck. We've talked about the movie before. We've talked about it when we've had Kino sales for the, the TV movie version of Kolchak, the Night Stalker, is coming in a full series release from 2K Masters. Dude, I swear, I know we, the last Kickstarter, maybe the Kickstarter before that, we always talk about we, we talked specifically about how we're always talking up all the boutiques, but man, I think Kino might be our favorite. I don't want to say our favorite, but the ones that just hit the mark for us every fucking time. Well, yeah. Right. No, absolutely. And you, 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 you I'm going to confirm this when you're done with my first pick. <laughs> all we know right now is that it's coming in October, which is like perfect, of course. And it's the entire series. And what I love about the tweet that, that, Kino Lorber's Studio Classics Twitter account put out was this. It says, it ends it by saying, artwork, bonus features, and additional details will be announced later. So, dude, we're getting more than just the remasters of the series. We're getting some serious bonus stuff for them to even note it. Right. Yeah, I'm super excited. When you texted, I was like, holy shit, no way. And I was like, and then I, I, I read that and I was like, oh my God, I'm just like, what the fuck could they have possibly dug up? And, you know, I am, uh, I am super excited about this. My guess, we might get some interviews on, on people that were influenced by, because we all yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Some Chris Carter action. Carter is, is the most notable one. And of course, that's got to stem off to Vince Gilligan, oh, yeah. the creator of Breaking Bad, when he, he, of course, worked on Millennium and X-Files with Chris Carter. You got to think it's going to be a lot of people influenced, current creators, people that we're yeah. fond of and per, people who's, who work we adore. Carter put uh, Kolchak himself, Darren McGavin, played Frank Black's father in Millennium. Yep. Yeah, there, this is something I'm really looking forward to. Maybe it'll spurn the proper series release of Millennium. Yeah, I mean, in Blu-ray anyway, because I mean, I, I have, uh, I have, I think I still have Millennium. And I think I have, I want to say right now, I don't know that I have all the X-Files stuff. I think I just have the pod, you know, the ones that are broken down like Black Oil, 
the storylines. I think I just cherry picked them that way because they're all available on Hulu, but I do like them all broken down so you can watch them in order the way that they did those, uh, those packets was pretty cool. Yeah, man. I hope this opens a whole nother can of worms for this genre of television. Yeah, I hope so too. And it just seems to me to be so obvious, right? Yeah. I still have to get that X-Files Blu-ray set, the the, the whole series that came out. God, how many years ago was that? I feel like it's 10 years ago by now. 2015 it came out. I have the offshoots already. The one that came out in 2016 was the event bundle. I had the collector series and the event bundled with it. So anyway, that's mine. Kolchak, October, Kino. My first uh, crack, shockingly, is from Kino. What? And it, yeah, right. And it's something I never in a million years would have even thought about. But two days ago, it came across my feed. And I was like, no, you're fucking lying to me. This is not true. But take this job and shove it. Woo! <laughs> From 1981 is being released by our good friends at Kino. I think June 15th. So it's a couple months away. But this is a movie that I absolutely love. I have the DVD, which is out of print. It's been out of print forever, as Kino does with their stuff. Uh, it's a remaster. Uh, and this is a really fun movie, man. It's based on, it's one of, it's back from the time when they'd take a song and write a movie of, you know, based on a song title. And this one is no different. This is based on the, uh, song Take This Job and Shove It by Johnny Paycheck starring and I want to say man for the longest time I felt like this was the only other movie that I could remember Robert Hayes in outside of the airplane movies (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I think it came out in between airplane one and airplane two right? 80, 81, 82. So yeah, this is a, you know, another star and this is a raunchy, fun, goofy movie involving, uh, you know, Robert Hayes goes back to the small town where he's from where he left. His buddies still live there. They work at the brewery, you know, Art Carney is the, is, is the guy who owns the, the brewery. Eddie Albert plays the dickhead who's trying to acquire it. Hayes now works for him. So it's that, right? You go home, you can't go home or can you? That That's kind of the premise of the movie. But it's, it's a, there's a lot of fun, man. It, it was the it was this first time I ever saw the 4x4 Bigfoot in a movie. Tim Thomerson's in it. David Keith, not Keith David, David Keith, who we all may <laughs> remember from Officer and a Gentleman. Martin Mull. I mean, it's a fun, fun movie, man. And right now they've got listed, you know, there's a black and white color stills gallery, theatrical trailer, et cetera, et cetera. But man, this is a movie, this this is the kind of thing Kino does that just shocks the shit out of me. Like I would have never expected to ever see this movie on anything other than the DVD I have. Kind of a forgotten movie. But they've got new artwork for the cover. It, it's of a certain kind of movie. It's a kind of movie they can't make because it's totally 100% <laughs> politically incorrect. But it's 100% ridiculous and fun. Uh, so that, that's my first pick is uh, Kino's release of take this job and shove it June 15th, which is, you know, a few months away, but it'll be here before you know it. And if you haven't seen it and you're looking for something crazy, goofy, weird from the eighties, and you'll be like, man, they don't make movies like that. And there's reason there's a couple reasons. <laughs> I just named <laughs> one of them, but uh, yeah, check it out. If you, if you collect odd uh, titles, this one is pretty good. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, man, that's, that's take this job and shove it. There you go. You mentioned Robert Hayes. And at that time he, he did airplane before that, but the same time he did airplane, he did a TV show. I know you know what it is. And it was a Gary Marshall created show called Angie. 
Oh yeah. Where Donna Pascal and Robert Hayes plays her husband. Right. I love the fuck out of this show. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Doris Roberts, who I've talked about recently before everybody loves Raymond. She plays Angie's mom, Donna Pascal. And who you know Donna Pascal, if you don't know her from Angie, if you're old enough to know her from Angie, she is the only female, right, you see uh, from, the, from the neighborhood in Saturday Night Fever. And she's wonderful. And Deborah Lee Scott, another staple from the late 70s, early 80s love boat group, right? Yeah. Um, she's also in a bunch of the Police Academy movies. And she was on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, American Graffiti. And, a, and Match Game. She was a semi-regular Yes, band. yes. She is somebody. And you know who else is oh, in this welcome show? Welcome Cotter, too. Na- she was Welcome right? Cotter also. Yeah. Yes. And Nancy Lane is also uh, on Angie. Gosh. But yeah, anytime she showed up, like she was a familiar face and kind of like, oh, right on, man. She's cool. Yeah. Robert Hayes, man. And Tate just thought, take this job and shove it. Yeah. He's, he's pretty fucking great in this. And he was like, he was the Steve Gutenberg for this window of time. Yeah, Absolutely. He was this guy that should have become bigger than he was. And he was in big movies, um, relatively speaking, but he spent a lot of time on television, which is, which is fine because he's charismatic and he's great and he really, and he works well. By the way, you know, we're big Marvel guys, right? Yep. He does VO stuff for Marvel stuff. He did the Iron Man series from the mid nineties. Well, you know what else he did? He was the star of Starman, the TV spinoff of the Carpenter film as well. Now, we're not, while I'm thinking about it, did, and I'm not talking about Sledgehammer. Wasn't there a TV show that sometime after Airplane came out that was like that? I don't mean Police Squad. There was something else. And I wanted to say he was in it, but it wasn't him. No, well, Sledgehammer was... Uh, no, 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 but it, this was thing. like, this was definitely something else. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right? I, and it's just escaping me right now. Oh, also, the same year that he did Airplane, he was in The Girl, The Goal Watch, and everything. Yep. Remember how much that fucking thing was shoved down our throats? <laughs> I feel Dude. Like it was always an ad for it. And uh, Pam Dauber, who was obviously flying high because of Mork and Mindy at that time. Yeah, dude, that was a fun movie. And if you, I wish it was playing somewhere, but just like with Angie, which I, I can't point you to any direction, nobody's streaming anywhere, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. And you're right about him. That's an excellent comparison to Steve Gutenberg of that, because he was also in this great movie. Well, I loved it anyway, when it, when I was a kid was Trenchcoat with him and Margot Kidder. Yes. And it, it's from that, you know, it's, I think it was right after Airplane 2, but he, he had, he had a little run there, right? I mean, Utilities was another one. Robert Hayes is a guy, you know, his face. I mean, and everybody knows him from airplane, man. He's fucking Ted. He, he might as well just change his name to Ted Stryker. <laughs> totally, dude. Yes. I mean, and Trenchcoat was a good one too, but they took Margot Kidder and Robert Hayes and they kind of put him in a very foul play kind of situation, you know, uh, going for that, trying to get that chemistry that you, and they were great together. Fuck. They were so good together. That's another one, by the way. That's on Prime. You can rent that one. So I have all these things we keep throwing out there. <laughs> At least this one is something you can actually watch and rent. I want to do it for three bucks, dude. I might have to rent that. It, I'm thinking I may have to rent it too now that we talked about it. It's just, you know. If I remember the movie right, this would be a good double bill to go with Cloak and Dagger. Yep. Very similar, to, you know, style-wise, style-wise for sure. Right, right. Yep. I'm so excited. Now I'm going to fucking I have to watch this later. Uh, it's only SD, but I don't care. I'm excited to see it. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Sweet. In the last week, 
another amateur like, see, we because we like to mix it up, right? We throw some. Hey, this will cost you some a few bucks if you're interested. Interested, but here's something you can watch if you're already a subscriber of the top four streaming services. Prime's got Invincible coming up this month on the 26th. I'm super excited by it. Invincible is based on a comic book that Robert Kirkman, who was the creator of The Walking Dead, did for Image Comics, and they're bringing it to series on on Prime, and it's got some great people with it. It's a little bit of a reunion, too, for Walking Dead because Steven Yeun plays the lead character in it. That That's going to be... It's, it's perfect, too, because he also got J.K. Simmons in it, playing Omni-Man, who's the bad guy in the movie, uh, in the series. Sandra Oh, Seth Rogen, Mark Hamill. Walt Goggins, your favorite person, Walt Goggins. My favorite. But guess who is in this that you love? Who? Yes, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm there. We got Rafi, damn it. Rafi, baby. This movie, this show is chock full of voices that you just know. And since we just talked about a whole slew of things recently, but dude, Zachary, Zachary Kento does voices on it. Jillian Jacobs does. Greg Griffin, who is a friend of my previous podcast. Um, you, you know, Greg, Greg is, she's a voiceover artist and she's an exceptional, she's a super funny lady. Michael Dorn. Okay. Yeah. Warf. This is going to be fun. The trailer is all we have right now. Cause like I said, it doesn't premiere until the 26th and, there, this is one. This one's a, a front pager. They're they're really advertising the shit out of it, and I don't even think you have to hit an algorithm other than you watch movies, and Prime's going to be throwing it at you. But I'm super excited. The trailer's super fun. It's only two minutes long, but it's making you go, "Yeah, March 26th can't get here soon enough." Damn it! So there you go, Invincible. Yeah, man. Don't confuse it with the Invincible of the Mark Wahlberg film when he <laughs> plays football with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for me, my second uh, poll here for the week is Hen's Tooth Video presents Ken Shapiro's The Groove Tube Man on Blu-ray. Who would have ever, ever fucking thought about that? Brown 25. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, who, you know, and this is real. This is 74, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're getting really early Chevy Chase. Richard Belzer. My favorite Chevy Chase thing ever, ever is in that cartoon, the, the, the commercial. That's it. Yes. Right. I mean, dude, this is, this, it's fun. Uh, you know, and what GrooveTube is, for those of you who don't know, uh, GrooveTube spoof, spoofs television and commercials. It, it's very similar to um, Kentucky Fried Movie, Amazon Women on the Moon, but I'm going to say maybe it's the original version of those things. It was yeah. the first of that kind of thing that came out. Uh, again, this is something I used to see. We, we could only see this at the midnight movies. Like, hey, we you just, know, which we just talked about recently. We right, were exactly. Yeah. You know, you'd see this or Rocky Horror Picture Show. Those were the things that would run. Shock Treatment, which is, for those of you who don't know, the sequel to or sort of an official sequel to Rocky Horror. But those are the kind of movies, you know, and they would only play at midnight and you'd go. But GrooveTube, that's where I saw GrooveTube the first time. And then it was on video cassette for a while once VHS became a thing. But then honest to God, I hadn't really thought about it in probably 25, 30 years. And here it is coming out on Blu-ray in May. May, I think it's May 24th. I'm so excited. No, May 25th. May 25th to be exact. But uh, yeah, man, this, I, I'm, I'm curious. To, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see. I hope and there's a bunch of extras. There's nothing listed yet, but it is a 4K scan of the uh, 35 millimeter. Uh, Ooh, put some money in. Yeah, right. So there you go. 
you know, and they, that's straight from the collection from the Library of Congress. So, you know, it'll probably, it's, I've probably never seen it look this good, even when I was watching it in a theater at midnight uh, back in 1982. It's a super fun, harmless, and it's something you can just put on and let run in the background. And it, it's a thing it, that people who haven't seen it, some of it's probably very shocking because again, it's very politically incorrect. And oh yeah. It's, you know, it reminds me, uh, do you remember you can't do that on TV, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it was like the forefather for that thing too. So group two, May 25th, Blu-ray, check it out. It's probably, I think it's going to be a limited edition thing. So, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I'm going to look in and maybe pre-order it now uh, so that I make sure I get a copy of this because I'll be bummed if I don't. The cover alone is worth having. Hen's Tooth Video. Yeah. Who knew, man? Yeah. I'm excited for that, dude. It's like, it, this was one of those late night movies too we catch, right? Right. On like, uh, fuck, I don't know. Um, like, I don't even HBO was like, what was the other one? Not I, the the movie channel, right? When, when the movie channel was yeah. a subscription, that this is the kind of thing they would shove on at one in the morning. Yep, and we'd always stay up late just so we can see it. It's funny because. If you would have just asked me off the top of my head, I always thought Landis had something to do with GrooveTube, but it was Ken Shapiro. I feel like GrooveTube is kind of what uh, led to Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have any doubt about that. And you know, Shapiro, we should point out too, he had he had a relationship with with Chevy that carried on, and he wrote and directed Modern Problems, which would be right, which would hit us in like eighty one somewhere around there, right. Okay. That one was an interesting one because that one kind of played on the whole cocaine thing. <laughs> no. It was magic cocaine. Magic cocaine. Uh, and, Piles of it. And that is where we discovered Nell Carter. Right. Oh, my, Mary Kay Place is in it. Dabney Coleman's great in it. Oh, my gosh. Right. She's so good in it. Dabney Coleman makes everything better. Dude, that's, look at that. Second Dabney Coleman reference in the in this same episode. Right. There we go. That's, I mean, that's a closer right there. <laughs> right. Done. We're walking out. What are problems? Why don't we have modern problems out, dude? Uh, you know, who knows? Let's lobby for that thing. Kino. Come on, Kino. Roll them dice. You can do it. Oh, that's right, Brian Dole Murray, too, because he's the he's in the wheelchair. Yep. Mm. Yes, indeed. I'm not again. Okay, I'm gonna correct myself. <laughs> that commercial that Chevy does in Groove 2 is my second favorite thing. I do love modern problems. Yeah, dude. Modern Problems, I saw it in a drive-in when I was a kid. I didn't understand half the jokes. You know, one of the things that has, that Modern Problems has, is that really, really weird serial feel to it, where it, it feels like it's got this lens on there. It always feels like it's not reality. Sure. You know what other movie does that? The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yeah. They both have the same look. From that same time period. Yeah. Well, that's a good double bill, man. There you go, guys. There's your bonus for the week. Go follow us on Letterboxd. You can follow Corey at Corey underscore Culp. And if you want to support this show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporter. That's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me at uh, Letterboxd, you can follow me at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody. Just like it sounds. Cody. Cody. Cody.